I'm Catherine Lanfer, and you're listening to Europe in Crisis from Athens to Rome on America Abroad. Here with me to discuss what the current economic crisis means for the future of the European Union is Professor Charles Kupchan. He teaches at Georgetown's School of Foreign Service and is a senior fellow at the Council on Foreign Relations. Professor Kupchan, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Now, we want to talk about how economic crisis affects European unity. After all, no household does well when its finances are in bad shape. So what about this particular complicated family? Well, you know, the the backdrop to this is the European Union in the late 1990s decided to push forward for a single currency and to create the euro. But they weren't able to put in place the governing bodies to provide adequate oversight. The politics weren't there, but they they went ahead anyway and introduced the single currency. And now the question is, can you catch up? Can you put those institutions in place? Uh, And the jury is very much out on that question. There is an entire World War II generation that has gone through austerity measures before. So when it comes to those people who are looking at, at austerity, when, it look, when we come to those people who are perhaps pro-European Union, and then we look at the people who are more anti-EU, how much of this is a generation gap? I, I think a generation, a generational change is a big part of this in, in two different ways. One, those Europeans who either lived through World War II or the rebuilding of Europe after the war see Europe as an escape route from its bloody past, as a guarantee against the national rivalries that time and again over the last few centuries brought bloodshed to Europe. Now you have a 20-year-old or a 25-year-old who has come of age after the fall of the Berlin Wall. Cold War is long gone. And they are assessing Europe through a hard valuation of costs and benefits. They're not seeing this as, a, as an article of faith. And the second problem is that older Europeans lived through very, very serious hardship during the war and in the bitter years when Europe was being rebuilt. And then from the 1950s onward, They have lived through rising expectations, rising incomes. Everybody's boat has been floating upward. And then all of a sudden, over the past decade or so, things have slipped into reverse. It's a pretty tall order for these politicians then to make the case for the euro to this younger generation. How would you make the case? What should they be saying? Well, I I think that that part of the, the problem that Europe has faced is that no one has been saying anything. For the past two years, the key players in Europe, including Merkel, who was arguably the most important voice across the European Union, have been more or less silent. They have been lost in the weeds. They have been talking about this bailout package, that bailout package. And only in November, when they had their backs up against the wall, did Merkel finally come out and say to her electorate, this is about the future of Europe. This is about everything that we have invested in for the past 50 or 60 years. This is about making Europe able to compete in a globalized economy. And I think that kind of rhetoric is exactly what's needed. Leaders need to say to their people, this isn't just about our pocketbooks. This isn't just about the latest reallocation of assets within the union. This is about history. 
It is about war and peace. It is about Europe's place on the global stage. And finally, European leaders are beginning to talk that way. But the big question is, is it too little too late? So how seriously does the economic crisis threaten the future of the European Union, not just the European, the Eurozone? The crisis that we are speaking about is fundamentally political in its origins. And the question, I think, is will the governance necessary to guide Europe out of the crisis be forthcoming, or is Europe going to be behind the eight ball and not provide sufficient governance to, to deal with the crisis? If that's the case, I fear that we have already witnessed Europe's high watermark. And it's conceivable to me, although I would not bet on it, that we will see the European project move backward and that four, five, six years from now, Europe will be little more than a trade block. What would you bet on? I would bet on a an inner core that emerges stronger from this crisis. I would bet on a Europe that does, in fact, end up having two speeds, a France and a Germany that drive forward deeper integration on tax policy and on coordination of monetary policy, and that smaller countries and the British remain in the second concentric circle. My own view is that that would be a good thing because it would prevent Europe from always moving as slowly as its most reluctant partner. It would free up those members of the union ready to deepen integration, ready to move toward a federal structure to head in that direction. Dr. Kupchin, thank you very much for joining us. It's been my pleasure. That was America Abroad's Catherine Lanfer talking with Charles Kupchin, a professor at Georgetown University's School of Foreign Service. You've been listening to Europe in Crisis, from Athens to Rome. Visit us on the web at americaabroad.org to sign up for our monthly podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Our program was produced by Monica Bushman, Andriana Lefton, Nina Potts, and Megan Williams. Additional production help came from Flawn Williams. Steve Martin is our Director of Broadcasting and Station Relations. I'm Ray Suarez, and this is America Abroad from NPR Worldwide. Special thanks to Feature Story News for their production assistance and reporting. Support for this program is provided by the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, the Stewart Family Foundation, and The American Interest, a magazine devoted to illuminating America's global role.